tangible fruit that benefits other people in your life. That's what we're called to. And it's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing plan that God has called us to. And if you're here today and you haven't yet put your faith and hope and trust in Jesus, you can today. And God is calling you to. And God is calling you to this same kind of fruitful life that is for the good and for the benefit of others. And that makes lasting changes in the generations of the people around you. But as Christians, even though we know we're called to a fruitful life, even though we know we want to live as a benefit to other people, oftentimes, sometimes we fall into patterns, the patterns of our life and the schedules of our life. Sometimes it turns up that we're more busy than we planned on being, but we're less fruitful than we had hoped to be. Anyone been there? We're too oftentimes too busy, but there's, and because we're too busy, there's not as much fruit in our lives. And somehow it doesn't make sense because we thought the more that we did, the more fruit there would be. And yet, instead of fruit, we experience frustration. Instead of um, having a tangible benefit in the lives of others, Maybe we're disillusioned. Maybe we're frustrated. Maybe we're on the edge of burnout. Maybe we are burned out. Maybe we're bitter. Well, if that is you today, or if you've been there, what do we do at that point? What do we do if our hope and our calling is to have fruitful lives, lives that bear fruit, that gives glory to God, and yet we find ourselves either too busy or too distracted to be very fruitful. What do we do? And that's what this passage is about. So let's read John chapter 15. Uh, the title of the message today is uh, Pruning for a Fruitful Life. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus speaking to his disciples says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. That word clean there is the same uh, word that's used in the previous verse for prune. So you're already clean. You're already pruned because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And I want to skip down to verse 16 where he reiterates, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is God's word today. And today I want to focus on 
this little concept in the middle of that passage in, in verse 2 and 3 about pruning. I want to focus on pruning because what we see in that passage is that the goal, like Jesus is using a metaphor of a vine that's growing grapes, right? And God the Father is the gardener who's taking care of it. And Jesus is the vine itself sending the nutrients. He's the source. And then the disciples and, and we who follow Jesus are called the branches. And the goal of everything in this metaphor is what? Fruit. Yes. Okay. I was just taking a stab out there. Someone's going to get it. That word's like there 20 times. But uh, no, the goal of this metaphor, the goal he's saying is fruitfulness. To have a life that, and, and when you think about it, fruitfulness is not necessarily to make the plant happy. Fruitfulness is for the benefit of others. Does that make sense? So a fruitful life doesn't, meaning, doesn't mean per se, I want you to have your happiest version of your life. No, I want your life to be the most benefit for the people around you and bring glory back to God, right? So he's saying the goal of all this is I'm sustaining you, I'm giving you everything you need so that you can be fruitful and be a blessing and a benefit to the people around you. Whoever that is, your family, your coworkers, generations on down, I've appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, that will bring glory to my Father. So the goal is fruitfulness. The means to that goal in this passage is a word called abiding. In the translation we read, the same word is remain. He says it over and over. Remain in me. Abide in me, another translation says. And what does that mean? That just means, he's saying abide in me. That means to make our home in Christ. To be at home in Jesus. To be immersed in. To remain in him. To live in Christ. To be immersed in the words of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, the works of Jesus, to go throughout our life at home in the love of Christ, just like a branch stays connected to the vine. And if it's a part, is it going to grow fruit? Exactly. Not a trick question. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to grow fruit. I'm just going to warn you guys, the message today is very straightforward. There's not like a twist at the end, like, we're just going through the words of Jesus and hopefully have a, a word that will inspire you this new year. But the goal is fruitfulness and the means that he says is abiding in Christ. And I've preached this passage a lot and I always come back to that. You know, the main thing is abiding in Christ. And the reason I think we need to be reminded of it so often is we buy into this, this lie that the measure of fruitfulness in our life is directly and primarily dependent on the work that we do, right? And it's subtle. It's subtle because this, like Jesus is not saying, be lazy, don't work in ministry, don't do the things I've commanded. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying you don't work, but he's saying primarily the fruitfulness in your life primarily is is related to how much you're abiding in me, how much you're remaining in me, how much your soul is being fed daily by me, how much your life is full of the Holy Spirit. 
But you see, the lie that we believe is that the fruitfulness that I really long for and that God has called me to is tied to how much I do instead of tied to how much he has done, right? But if we're believing it's tied to how much I do, then just, okay, then stack the works on. Let's fill the schedule. Let's make sure that I do this and this because I want to be fruitful. And then before you know it, your schedule is full of so many activities of your own work that what gets squeezed out is what? Abiding. I'm too busy with what I'm doing for Christ. Too busy for Christ that I'm not abiding in Christ. Anyone ever been there? And then what happens is less fruit than I thought I would have. More frustration than I thought I would have. I'm busy. I'm burned out. I'm tired. Instead of abiding in Christ, we're busy for Christ, and it leads us to more busyness, and instead of fruit, we have frustration. So, by the, by the feeling in the room, I can tell that you guys either are relating with me or might be tired, but I think you're relating with me. So, I think everyone's at least had some kind of aspect of that before where, wow, like, man, I sure am working hard for Christ, but I thought there was going to be more fruit. And some of the ways it showed up in my life when I've been convicted of this passage even recently was if my calling is to make disciples and to, and to point people to Jesus, then I need to have a life that's worth imitating. And about a month or two ago, I was convicted um, because I was so busy, I thought to myself, no one would want to imitate my life right now. <laughs> How are people going to see the glory of God in my life? Are they just going to see the glory of Kenny trying to keep it together, right? Is the message I'm sending with my life, the goal is to keep it together as well as you can in your own strength, and you may be busy, and you may be tired, and you may not have time to abide in Christ, but at least you're getting the work done. Is that the main message, or is it my home is in Christ? I'm remaining in Christ. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm immersed in his words. I'm immersed in his ways. What is the goal? So if you can relate with that sense of being busier than you thought you'd be and having less fruit than you thought you would, what do you do? And that's what the message today is about, pruning. Fruitfulness is the goal. Abiding is the means and the method to get there if you're not there is pruning. A definition of pruning, it's a, it's a horticultural practice, and it just means to trim the vine by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems. To trim the vine by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems, especially to increase fruitfulness and growth. Pruning is just saying there's some parts that are overgrown, There's some parts that are taking nutrients but are not producing fruit. There's some parts that are maybe just clutter and distractions on this plant. And in order to bring more fruit, in order for 
the, the nutrients to flow from the vine to the branches and to create more fruit, I need to prune back and cut away everything that is a tangent, a distraction, or just clutter that's not leading to fruitfulness in this plant. Now, I was reading up on pruning for grapevines, and if you have a new grapevine, the first year, you don't even let it um, produce fruit all the way. And then in the second year, once it produces fruit, you prune back 90% of the growth from that year. And the whole goal is that we're cutting away all these extra parts of the plant so it's going to produce more and more fruit and be more and more of a benefit to the people who are harvesting grapes. <laughs> but pruning today, if you're in that position of looking at your life and saying, I feel like maybe I've been too busy to be fruitful, or I feel like maybe I've been too distracted to be fruitful. I believe God has seasons and moments of pruning that he takes us through in our life, and he gives us the option to prune things out of our life for the sole purpose of removing the clutter, the distractions, everything that keeps us from abiding in him. Every tangent in our life, every dead end, whatever it may be, whether it's in your schedule, maybe it's a, a certain sort of relationship that's not pulling you closer to Christ, but pulling you down and further away from Christ, whatever it may be, pruning, cutting away, is a way that God allows us to abide more in Him. And to focus more on Him. Focus more on what He's done for us than what we can do for Him. So, told you guys this is going to be quick. I'm almost done. God takes us through seasons of pruning. In this passage, you know, it compares the father to a gardener who's whose main concern is for the garden and for the fruitfulness of the garden. And so he cuts away uh, every branch that's not bearing fruit and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it back so it'll bear even more fruit. He does that with a heart of love for the good of the plant, for the good of, of everyone concerned, for the benefit of others. I believe God takes us through seasons of pruning with life events that are out of our control. Actually, I just had a conversation about five minutes ago about that, about how God will take us through a life event that, that brings us to the point of, I have to trust in God. I have to pray. I can't make it without depending on God. I believe God will do that in love through life events to prune us. And I believe there's seasons where we're more fruitful in some seasons, and then we need to prune back and then abide in Christ and regenerate and have more fruit again. But I also believe this is a gift that God has given us for our every day to look at our schedule to look at where we're spending our time and say, Holy Spirit, is there, an area, is there an area of my life that I could prune back to abide in you more? To abide in Christ more? So a few questions. A few questions to, to kind of ask yourself at this time is, am I, right now, am I fruitful? 
Am I more fruitful or am I more frustrated? Am I abiding in Christ more or am I busy for Christ more? And then another question, Holy Spirit, what can I prune in my life so that I can abide more? If there's something in your life that God is prompting you to take out, if there's something in your schedule that you need to take out, even if it's a good thing, you have permission to take that out in order to abide more in Christ. Does it make sense? If God's leading you to do that, he's doing it so that you can abide more in Christ and so that eventually you will create more fruit. And that instead of leading to burnout, your pattern of life and abiding in Christ will lead to fruit. That someone else could walk up when they're in need of sustenance and pick off the vine and it would help someone else out. What can I prune in my life so that I can abide more? And I'm not saying this. I'm not, I'm not proclaiming a simplicity gospel. I'm not saying that, you know, the goal is to have a simpler life. And if you have a simpler life, then you'll be happier. Because the goal is not mainly that. The goal is mainly fruit for others that points people back to Christ. Does that make sense? And it's not based on what I can do for him, but it's based on what he has already done for me. So, as I close, I just want to encourage you guys to... Read over, marinate on this passage. Look into what Jesus is saying to his disciples and take it in to our own lives. But also just to take inventory of our hearts and say, if I'm too busy, God, am I too busy? Am I too distracted? Where, where is the fruit in my life right now from following you? And if you can't find it or if it's less than you thought it would be, there's hope today. There's hope today, and your hope is not working harder or trying harder or adding a thing to your schedule. Your hope is in maybe pruning something back so that you can abide more in Him. Yeah. So, I'm done. We're going to pray. And uh, as, we, uh, as we close out today, we normally um, take a moment for communion and to respond in prayer and worship. Um, I've got a few questions up for the communion slide. Um, as we end, uh, we encourage you, if you, if you uh, have placed your faith in Christ and are, are hoping and trusting in Him for your salvation, uh, come and take part in communion, maybe groups of two or three, uh, and uh, you know, if you, if you haven't yet placed your faith in Christ, we still invite you to come and join and watch and, uh, and see and hear people um, praying and, and discussing how better we can follow Jesus. And um, 
Yeah, the, the, uh, the three kind of questions that we have, there's going to be a slide up there. Um, it's just taken through uh, three actions of uh, repent, believe, and act. And the question for repent is, in what ways are clutter and distractions in my life keeping me from abiding in Christ? Believe, how does the gospel free me from the tyranny of busyness? And act. Holy Spirit, what is one thing that can be pruned from my life in order to abide in Christ more? So feel free to work through those in groups as we do communion. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for today. Lord, I thank you for your presence in a new year, God, in, in a world that can so often be cold and dark, in a world that is hopeless without you. God, in a world where the news we hear seems to be worse and worse, God, you are our shining light of hope. You, Lord, have brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son that you love, God. God, you've given us a new identity, a new name, and you've given us a vision and a mission for our life to bear fruit that produces disciples, to bear fruit in our lives that points people to you. And Jesus, I pray in that call that in our hearts we would take that seriously. God, if anything is preventing us from that, that we would be willing to let that be cut away so that we could abide in you more, so we could remain and be immersed in you, Jesus. I pray in our church that we would have a culture that is, that is willing to prune things back for a season so that we can abide in you with the goal of having more fruitful lives, Lord. And pray for this, this time as we end. I pray that our hearts would uh, repent and, and even more believe the gospel, believe the truth that all the work in, in, in bearing fruit, you've already done for us, God. All the work is your burden, Lord, that you indeed are the gardener, that you indeed are the source of all our joy and strength and hope and promise. You are the vine that we are connected to. So I pray that we would rest in that. In Jesus' name, amen.